From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 404. Today's show is brought to you by Uni. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by a lost co host, Brad Dowdy. <laughs> right out the gate with the 404 jokes, right? Yep. I mean, I've never okay. had the opportunity to have an episode 404 before. So. <laughs> this, That's this, true. this joke will play way better on my tech shows, but I have to wait a couple of years to get it. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's not not too often you get to the to the four hundred four. We're also going to find uh, out today if a four hundred and fourth episode works in our CMS. I was thinking that, and I didn't want to say it mm. um, when we were talking to Stephen earlier. Mm-hmm. I almost said that out loud, and I said that might be a jinx. Today um, we but- will find out if episode four hundred four <laughs> will work or not. <laughs> this might actually be to. the last episode. <laughs> well, I mean. You've imported other shows' episodes that are in the 500s. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good point, good point. I guess this isn't so. the only 404th episode of, yeah. of a show. It's just something that I've done. Yeah, Mac Power users got up to it'll just be the It'll be the first fresh input of a show. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what problems we cause. Um, you know where else we cause problems, Mike? We cause problems on Kickstarter. Yeah, do we? No, no. We run the best Kickstarter campaign. We do. The world causes problems for us. (laughs) And even when they're completely off the rails, (laughs) like this one is, um, it's kind of pretty good job. Kind of funny in a in a macabre way right now to me to like read the description and be like, not doing that, Um, not doing that, not doing that. Scratch that. You know. So when I was updating the Kickstarter text, they don't allow a strike through. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna make liberal use of the strike through <laughs> in the Kickstarter oh, text, dear. but um, we're still making a pin. And le- I mean, please, that's all anyone cares about, right? Can I, mean, I just say I'm s- don't know how I've missed this that our pen will glow in the dark. How is this a thing that I have missed up until this point? I don't. I mean, you're you're gonna have to answer that question. I've I know. shown you artwork, yeah, yeah, multiple ca- yep. multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. But I've never um, read the text underneath the, the thing on the far right. And I know I'm not the only person here that's going to have had this revelation. I just thought that that was some kind of printing chart thing. Because in the yeah. image, you've got the pen, then you've got the gloss finish. And it's like, this. I was like, oh, okay, that's the representation of all the artwork. And then on the far right hand side, it's just like, oh, that just must be some kind of printing code. <laughs> but no, that's showing what will glow in the dark and what will not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have never mentioned on the show that the pen will glow in the dark. So... Mm-hmm. I guess this is your final push because uh, there, as we are recording this, there are only three days left to go on the Kickstarter campaign. So if you want one of these pens, there's only 166 of them left. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't get it now, you may never get one. It's We're not planning on selling these anymore. Yeah. We're just going to order what we get. Yep, yep. Um, I will let you slightly off the hook on the glow-in-the-dark piece because the very first image we shared only listed the color as GID and it did not have the the blue representational background so you also never told me that it was going to be glow in the dark so I will um, I'm very happy about that but I I will uh, (laughs) there you go this is an added feature and benefit for you this is fresh new kickstarter content we decided to add glow in the dark just Mm -hmm. kidding it's been there the whole time that's just how we stretch goal Stretch glow. <laughs> free free stretch goal glow in the dark. Yep. We uh, are going to be recording this very weekend the special video episode that me and Brad are going to be doing. Where we're going Our to Atlanta be... Pen Show episode? It, yeah, kind of. It's going to be just... It's going to do something we've never done before, which is kind of wild to think that we have not done this, is to do some kind of video bonus where we get to show some of our personal pen collections. So... I guess I'm, we'll pick out a bunch of like the pens that I talk about a lot on this show, and I'm sure Brad will do the same. And we'll just get to show them off. We're going to be using webcams. It's going to be Zoom-like, I guess, really. And it's, it's yeah. you know, fitting in with that whole hashtag work from home life. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm hoping that it will be available uh, before next week's episode, and it will be sent out um, as, uh, to the backers of the campaign. This is only going to be available for Kickstarter backers, so at any level. So you can just do the video level, you get this, or you can get a pen and you'll get this. Um, this is going to be one of the two videos that will be produced this year. Um, so I'm really actually looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a nice, relaxed conversation showing off some of our favorites from our personal collections. That's exactly right. And the issue for me is I have to travel to the the proper studio for this. Mm-hmm. So packing the correct pens to bring. Mm. Oh, that's going to there's there's going to have to be some thought put into this. So if anyone's listening, 
um, and wants to see anything specific from me that I've maybe talked about um, randomly, but not frequently, hit me up on Twitter or something like that. But uh, I think I'll, I'll, I don't have a crazy amount of things to choose from, but I am, I'm going to bring a lot, Mike, just so you know, there's going to be a lot of things. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick up my long wooden block thing put it in front of mm-hmm. me and then just show up every <laughs> single one on my sale of pens so. <laughs> yeah i'm already thinking about re re fidgeting with two of the biggest pen cases that i have that are easy to carry the actually the retro 51 pen trays that hold like 16 pins mm. so um and if I, I have two of those so that's 32 right there i think i can get that so it's gonna be 19 easily. hours long Yes. Uh, but no, I think it's going to be really great. I'm very excited about being able to produce this video. So uh, we'll yeah. be working on that and should be available to you uh, by before next week's episode. But if you want to get it, mm-hmm. you have to go back to the Kickstarter campaign uh, so you can find a link in the show notes to do that. As I say, it's only a couple of days left. So if you're hearing this uh, kind of, what is it, before Saturday the 4th, you still have time. So <laughs> that funny you should mention that, Mike. We timed this yeah, <laughs> campaign <I know. laughs> to end right before we recorded the podcast yep. at the the now canceled Atlanta Pin Show. Yep. Just uh, I forgot about that until you just said that. Yep. Great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Everyone, f in the chat. So yeah, can you get Pinch some f's in the chat, please. F's in the chat. Um, back our campaign. This pen is awesome. You will you will have a great pen, a great story. You'll have some cool videos, behind the scenes stuff, and uh, you should do it. Yeah, we're gonna make it worth your while. Totally, totally. Um, I made CW Pencil Enterprises existence worth their while the other day, Mike. I made an order, so you know, I just you know, it's what I do. I'm sure the the um, red alarm went off behind oh, the desk. Yeah. They're ready. Mm-hmm. Brad Dowd is on the yeah. website. Everyone, stand back. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, um. National Pencil Day, Mike, was earlier this week, Monday. And I I think I've done this before when I, I order enough pencils in random times. But I think I generally make an order on National Pencil Day just because I feel like I don't pay attention to all the pencil things as much as I do the pen things. And I was like, oh, I should go catch up on a few things. And pencils are kind of this little mini addiction because they're so cheap compared to a fountain pen or even like a bottle of ink. I can go nuts at CW pencil and spend like, if you spend $70 at CW pencil, you have enough pencils for like two years. Right. I will say (laughs) as well, the stuff that you've put in the show notes, the things that you bought, we're going to talk about them, but like they are incredibly aesthetically pleasing to me. I think that's one of the things I like the most about pencils, yeah. right? It's a very traditional writing instrument. Everyone knows what a standard yellow pencil looks like, but it brings up those memories. And I know the guys at, at the Erasable podcast, you know, talk about this all the time, like just about how like the aesthetics and the tactileness and the the smell of the pencil and the sound it makes when you write with it. Those are all like pleasing memories, right? So mm-hmm. they're just a very, very great writing instrument. And I've gotten into pencils over the last few years and I, you know, just like everything else in my stationary closet of doom, I have way more pencils than I ever use, but that doesn't stop me from picking up a few new things. So I wanted to tell you the few things that I got, because you're not really a wooden pencil guy. Like I've sent you all the black wings, I don't know, last year at some point, I'll, like one of each of the Blackwing volumes. Have you ever used those more than like the day I sent them to you? No. Yeah, no, I like, I, I like mechanical pencils. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Like I could, I totally knew that going into it. I was like, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. And that's cool either way. But like you said, I find something aesthetically pleasing about all the things. And I just wanted to tell you, show you the things that I bought. One of them which I don't think was there when we made our visit, but you know I bought the Viking Caran Dash 849 um, ballpoint pen set. They had a pencil and a pen set with them. Well, I bought this time around, I bought the Viking Collector's Pencil boxed set. Mm. And I don't know what it is about Viking's art style, but it really speaks to me. It's kind of big and chunky and bold and clean and classic looking all like wrapped up in one. And I really like their style and they make 
pretty good pencils. They, I will say, they're not my favorite pencils. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but they're really good. They're very, very aesthetically pleasing. And this set gives me a huge range of their styles. They Viking doesn't make a ton of things that are accessible to us, like outside, um, you know, in the U.S. Um, you know, outside of Denmark, which is where they're from. And this is a good way to grab a few things at a very premium price point. <laughs> mm. So th- if you bought these singly, you could probably get them for much less. How many pencils are in here? It's like a dozen or so. Um, but it's a very cool set. I like it. It's very pretty. I'm going to use the heck out of these as soon as I get them in. I think I don't have all these in yet. This I think they're coming today. Um, the next thing on my list, Mike. This was a hesitancy for me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm only doing it because it's CW Pencil Enterprises branded. It's the CWE Perfect Pencil, Mike. Do you recall the Faber-Castell, the Graf von Faber-Castell Perfect Pencil discussion that we had when I bought the very, very high-end, super expensive one? Ridiculous. Purchase. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I sold that. I sold that at quite a loss, by the way. Oh, you sold it? Fun. Oh, hell yeah! I like, I'm not going to use that. it. Yeah, I'm not going to use it. I had someone reach out to me and said, you know, like, look, I know you don't, you didn't like it. I'm not sure if I'm going to like it. Do you want to sell it? And I was like, yeah, I will. I will happily sell it to you. But like, I can't. I'm not going to sell it to you for like, you know, close to what I paid for it, or you know, anything like that. Like, how can I? rail on a product and then say please pay me full price for it yeah but i remember when i when i did that interview interview geez louise when i did that product review on the blog we'll put a link to that review in the show notes i mentioned that the entry level or like the step up from the entry level perfect pencil is probably the correct purchase that you want to make if you're considering this type of setup, right? The Faber-Castell perfect pencils range from like $3 up into multiple hundreds of dollars. But the sweet spot is probably this $10 one, which is like, there's like a $3 one that's very, very cheap. And then there's like a $10 range-ish one. There's a few more in this range. So maybe some around 20 that are um, a metal kind of cap thing. So this one was only $10 and I wanted to try, I wanted to try this and see if I have some of the frustrations and if those frustrations are the same spending $10 as they were $200. I can't or imagine I spent that, on that they thing. would be. Right, because it's it's a completely different price point. You're at this at this price point, any issues fall into well, that's acceptable for what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Where the issues for a two hundred two hundred fifty dollar product get just any minor issue gets blown way out of scope, and rightfully so, yeah. right? Yeah. Like completely fairly so, but it's a much bigger deal when you've made that type of investment into a product. So. I, I I probably would not have bought one of these if it wasn't cool looking like Caroline and team. Uh, they've made it. It's beautiful. Made this one very, it's very like red. It's really neat. logo on the side and they have such a good logo. Like, yeah, yeah, this is I, I really I think they did a great job with this. I think it's super nice. And actually, the the Faber-Castell branded ones in that price range um, are, just are not that good looking, right? This is a very good looking perfect pencil where the, the other ones just don't, don't really do it for me. The next thing I bought, Mike, I bought the CWP sampler set. You'll, you'll see a theme here. I really believe in, <laughs> in CWPE's uh, style and aesthetic. They have very good taste. Caroline has good taste. She didn't get here... Um, she didn't get to where she's at today without having great uh, taste in design and aesthetics and products. So this is a grouping of products that are all made by companies they work with for CW Pencil Enterprises. Enterprise. Um, you know, it's got the Moon Products Futura, which is going in the Pen Attic set soon. They have a, a couple of Karen Dash uh, pencils, um, you know, Bridge Pencil baseball scoring pencil on and on and on. I bought this to give away. Um, my favorite pencil out of this group 
Future is one of them, but I use the editor, which is a double-sided pencil mic. It's uh, red on one end and graphite on the other end. And that's probably one of my most used pencils. I love that. So I bought this to give away um, in the future on the Panatic nice. website. Yeah. So I thought that's a good way to get other people into pencils. Um, these sampler sets that they have curated, there's also a Pen Addict sampler set out there too um, that I that I helped uh, put together. And we have a couple of changes coming into that set, but that's probably on hold right now because they're not actually in the shop. They're just shipping online orders. They're not, you know, they have other things to worry about right now than um, modifying that set. The Super Sticks Rainbow Pencil, Mike, I'm in. Have you seen, did you see the rainbow pencils when we went to their shop before? Yeah, of course. So it was a different brand. I think they're a Koenor. Yeah, I have, I have they, one or two of the Koenor ones. They're like thicker, yeah. much thicker. Yeah, so they make a thick one and a thin one, Koenor does. Mm-hmm. This is your standard size. I don't know anything about this brand, Super Sticks, made in Austria. Um, they're just really bright. They're bright green, lime green barrels with different color dipped ends based on the colors that are on the interior of the pencil. So like all the little colored pencils, it's just, these are fun to write with. I keep one on my desk and I hadn't tried this brand before. So I wanted to try that. And I also just randomly this, I spent a lot of time scrolling through their website, trying to order things that I can use and review and that were new to me. And this pencil sharpener from NJK, um, I'd never heard of, never seen before. But anytime you say pencil sharpener and long point in the same sentence, I'm going to be interested because that's how I like the um, I like my sharpener to be. So this is just it was like a six dollar and fifty cent handheld pencil sharpener that I just wanted to try. Maybe it's good, maybe it's not, but mm. that's how you get in trouble at CWPE. Everything is reasonably inexpensive, and the next thing you know, you have thirty pencils. Um, on the way to you. So that was my National Pencil Day celebration at the Pen Addict household. How did you celebrate National Pencil Day, Mike? I threw all my pencils out the window. Mm, and nice. I like a confetti, you know, to celebrate mm. for people outside. Cool, cool. Um, did you hit anyone? That no, because nobody's outside. So smart, Mike. That was so smart, Mike. Very smart by you. <laughs> Golly. Um, speaking of smart... Uh-huh. I wanted to give a shout out to a new pencil blog called Pencil Fodder. Mm-hmm. I learned of this through Pencil Revolution. I've been following their posts. They post a lot about the history of pencils and have some really neat, um, fun posts that I've enjoyed reading. I've shared them in Refill a couple of times, and uh, I'm really enjoying uh, this blog. So y'all should all add that to your um, to your reading. Mm. Um, and uh, we're not we're not done with pencils yet, Mike. Who could be? Mm. I reviewed a pencil case. I like on this. The pen addict. Yeah. That is very much not a pencil case that you would in name, right? No. The La Berlue pencil case. I saw pictures I, of it and didn't understand what it was. Like you know, like kind of like pictures of it closed or like slightly open, and mm-hmm. it was a surprise to see what it actually ended up being. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I appreciated this product. And I did a review of it a couple of weeks ago. And it's just this unique... It's more of a pen... I kind of call it like a pen sleeve. Maybe a pen canoe. Um, But it's basically two pieces of wood where the main inner part is kind of carved out to hold... I don't know. It holds about eight pencils. It's not huge, huge capacity on the inside. But it doesn't need to be. Like, pencils are small, skinny. Um you know, and they can, you can fit a couple other things in there, like an eraser. But I just wanted to point this out. Um, I've, sh- I've shouted out Frederick and, and his work at La Berlu a bunch um, on Instagram and on Twitter, just because he's very enjoyable to talk to. <laughs> he is, uh, he has uh, a life about him that I very much enjoy bringing out. And uh, I think his products are really cool and he's going to keep working on new stuff and he will let us know um, as it proceeds but this lives on my desk now right it's like a desk piece so you call it a pen case because it actually holds pens like storage but it's really almost like a desk object like i wouldn't really throw this in my backpack and go out to the coffee shop and set this up on the table that'd be a little bit um a little bit past my hipster cred to do but um it's pretty great pencil case for what it is it's really really unique and extremely well made what level is your hipster cred 
I mean, it's decent. Like I'm yeah. moderate hip, moderate hipster, I yeah. guess. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a little bit past poser. I do have some, yeah, some, some, some cred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm not all the way there. I mean, I'm wearing a, a, a backwards baseball cap today. That's not very hipstery. I don't think. I'm not sure what that means really. Mm. I'm wearing shorts and long socks that are orange. And purple shoes. Is that okay? I think you're back in. You made it. I think mm-hmm. you did it. Mm-hmm. And Brad, a hoodie. I want to make you uh, a different kind of hipster right now. I want to make you the kind this of hipster the that makes kind. pizza in their back garden. I'm so excited. Now, this episode is brought to you by Uni, the world's number one pizza oven company. They make surprisingly small ovens that are powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas, letting you make restaurant quality pizza in your own backyard. All Uni models are super easy to use and really portable as well. So you have to see for yourself, but these ovens will fit in any outside space. They can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit, 500 degrees Celsius, which enables you to cook restaurant pizza, quality restaurant pizza, I should say, in as little as 60 seconds. It is that high temperature that separates average pizzas you make in a home oven from the quality that you can get from Uni Pizza Ovens. It's at least twice the heat. I had a FaceTime call with Christian, one of the founders of Uni. Uh, Uni actually sponsored this show a long time ago when they were a very small company. They are now a very big company. They make lots of amazing products now. They spread out all over the globe. It's really amazing to see how they've grown, actually. It's it's quite an impressive story. Um, But we had a FaceTime call, and he showed me the Unicoda 16, which is their new uh, oven that can cook up to 16-inch pizzas, and it's gas-powered. It has this L-shaped burner at the back, so the heat is distributed evenly. But he made a, a pizza while we were on the call, and it cooked so fast. <laughs> I, I mean, they say 60 seconds. It felt like less. It was really very impressive. Uh, Uni ovens start from just $199, and they have free shipping to the US, the UK, and the EU, with two of the coolest models that they make being the multi-fueled Uni Karu, which can use wood, charcoal, or gas, so you can choose depending on what you want to cook with, or the Unicoda 16, but they have many other products and accessories from peels to cutters to tables for your ovens that you can check out and get 10% off your first purchase of an Uni pizza oven, which is up to $50 if you get the Coda 16, by going to uni.com and using the code THEPENADDICT at checkout. Americans buy over 3 billion pizzas per year and consume approximately 350 slices of pizza every second. So why not make some of these for yourself at home? Once you try it, you're never going to look back. Uni is the best way to bring restaurant-quality pizza to your own backyard. Go to uni.com, that's O-O-N-I.com, and use the code THEPENADDICT, and you will get 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Uni for their support of this show. A couple of things. One, I want to personally raise those number averages uh, a little bit during this quarantine. Mm-hmm. Of the amount um, of pizza you consume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. We need to push those numbers a little bit higher. Um second and you alluded to this christian has been a panatic listener since i think the beginning Mm. um i know we started talking to him early on and it's like here's this guy and he's got this idea and he's making these ovens and i remember like his first kickstarter campaign and all this stuff and to see his success over the years and he's just it doesn't seem to have like changed him. He's like they have still the same down to earth cool guy. 50, like we talk on Twitter. Was, yeah, he thinks over fifty employees now with offices yeah. in Scotland, uh, in Europe, and in Austin, Texas as well. Yes, so it's amazing to have watched uh, Christian do this and like see like his dreams come true. And I'm just wanted to say I'm proud of yep. him, and I think he's just an awesome dude, and uh, he deserves like every bit of success that Uni is having right now. And they're just completely blowing up. So uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, Christian and Darina, they're the founders of the company, um, mm-hmm. and they're just wonderful people, and yeah. they have done. Of like such an impressive job, and like their their product offering now is amazing, and yep. yeah, super awesome, super awesome. Yep. All right. So, I was thinking about topics for this week's show. As you do, as you do. Um, but do I? Um, sometimes it's oh. it's kind of <laughs> difficult. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, sometimes it's sometimes I know 
as soon as we stop recording one week, what I'm going to talk about next week, yeah. sometimes I know the morning of the show <laughs> what we're going to talk about. This one came in a little bit earlier um, that I, I kind of had this idea. And it's a really simple idea, and everyone's going to go, oh, really? He's going to talk about fountain pen inks? That's what he's going to do? But yeah, I'm going to talk about fountain pen inks because the more I dove into this topic, the more I learned a little bit about myself and the kind of times we're living in and the things that I'm appreciating right now. Mm. So if you'll allow me a story um, in the beginning here, Mike, to kind of explain, like this is pure Brad rambles for five to 10 minutes about a nonsensical topic, but that's why we have four and four episodes of the, of the pen attic. But I almost stopped buying fountain pennings like two years ago because it was just too much. It's like, I was very happy with the inks that I have, you know, my blue blacks, my bright blues, some pinks, some greens, of course, oranges here and there. But I kept watching all of these new ink brands and new ink companies come out. And I just, it was overwhelming to me. Like what is happening in the ink market? Mm. And I I had to take a step back. Like I stopped buying inks. We kept reviewing on the blog. I kept ordering them, um, you know, and I kept shipping them out to the reviewers. And I said, let, let me let them review them for a while. Like I need an ink break. And you know, I've probably got, I don't even know if I counted my inks. It's probably bordering 100 inks, you know, bottles of ink. And I was just like, I got to stop. It's just too much. I can't keep up with this, which I don't think I've ever said about any stationary item ever. <laughs> it's like, it's too much. I can't keep up. So that led me into my theme for 2019 was I just had this ink frustration in 2018. I was just like, I'm done. But I it, the ink the ink companies didn't care what I thought. They kept coming out with more stuff, and it kept drawing me in. So I made 2019 theme uh, the year of experimentation, and I s- chose that name because I was going to force myself to experiment with fountain pen inks. Now the year of experimentation meant more things than that. But to be perfectly honest, it came exactly from me wanting to try more fountain pen inks. Um, I didn't totally succeed in that experimentation. Like I started strong. I bought some weird colors. I wanted to try things that I never wouldn't normally try, right? Brands I've never used, colors I would never use, things like that. So I did okay in the beginning and then just kind of, you know, got out of the habit, you know, went right back to using blue, black and orange and bright blue. So I gave myself probably like a D grade on that. Um, my habits of usage for inks just kind of stayed the same. And I was trying to break out of some of those habits. By the end of last year, my thoughts changed. I don't know how or why specifically, but there just kept being more and more ink. Like from... 2018 to 2019 inks just exploded even more like i thought we were at peak peak ink in like 2018 and i couldn't have been more wrong and i was trying to avoid it back then but so when i saw that i was wrong about that now i'm kind of like i want to lean into it again so i've started to be impressed by some of these new ink makers that are coming out and seeing all these new shades coming out that I want to try and seeing all these stories that are interesting. And those are the things that have always excited me about stationary, but it was the inks for whatever reason, for a time period there, I was just overwhelmed. So I'm still using. Ink is so much harder to, to get a handle of in that regard because Mm -hmm. there's more of it. And Mm -hmm. it's harder to judge on the surface, I think. Like, you can't just look like you can at pens. It's way harder, I think, to just just look. Because, like, the bottles show you nothing. Even, honestly, like, swatching doesn't really help that much. Because it's Mm -hmm. dependent on the paper that you use, right? And the pen that you're Mm -hmm. using, which is not the same for pens. You can... Judge them aesthetically by just looking at the the finished product. Yeah, but and it's go way yes harder or no. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, so that's why like I love Kelly at Mountain of Ink for this because she really takes an ink and uses as many different pens, nib sizes, swatches, swabs, paint brushes, paper to give you a better example of that. And yeah. like the pen addicts never I'm never going to do that because I would go crazy, right? I like too many other things. It's a specialized f- thing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's specialized. And she's the best. Like what what I like here is the 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 fact that uh Kelly uses different paper. So yep. you in the in the images that they represent so you can like you get a better idea of oh I use this type of paper. So I might it might look a little bit more like this. Yeah, and a, a review she did this past week or a week ago that I put in refill kind of got me down this path of wanting to talk about this topic today because she did a review, I think it's called uh, Diamond Classic Green. And on name alone, on general swatch color alone, I would have never even considered this ink ever to mm-hmm. make a purchase. But I'm looking at her, her review and seeing how she presents it. I was like, oh, there's more to it than the name and the bottle shape. Della Mare Green? Uh, no. No? No, okay, it's literally it like classic okay. green. Diamine, okay. classic green, I think. Multiple um, diamine so green inks being It was a very recent one, like uh, right, within cool. the past I'll, week or two. All right, I'll find it. Um, And it kind of looks like British racing green a little bit, which is what intrigued me. It was like, I would have never pick this up like Mm, i see and i still may never i still may never pick this up but it just got me thinking of how many decisions i've made just on you know the name and the bottle and then that expanded into like my aurora orange ink review that i did on monday yeah yeah which where i mostly talked about the buying decision of choosing that ink um even though i didn't pay for it but you understand like my my premise behind the it wasn't here let me tell you about all this orange ink and how it handles on these papers and how this does let me explain why i think this someone would buy this ink or not and i don't know i i got an email or a uh, a text saying like that's exactly how i would have written this review too <laughs> like it's just i think about these things at a weird way but i enjoy sharing that thought process as well as opposed to here are the technical details of this orange ink right so that's how Mm -hmm. i've a lot of times i've reviewed things in a more storytelling fashion than a strict x's and o's fashion or details fashion i think and i enjoy that because you make a good point in this review that like calling something orange just that that's the name of your ink it's a bold move to make right like you Mm -hmm. you you're not saying a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and as you say, right, like it's expensive, and it's part of like a special edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit more in the naming, like branding department, would have gone a long way for what is a very nice looking orange. Yeah, it's a great ink, right? So, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Is if you just put the same ink in the same bottle and call it tangerine, my feelings are completely different about this. Sure, so sure. I it's just thinking a lot about the marketing of the product. I don't know that. I guess that's one of those things I do because I have a lot of my hands in a lot of products. Um, I also you know rev- buy and review a lot of products. I want to understand what companies are thinking um, at the time um, that they're deciding on these things. I don't know. I find that conversation interesting where. You know, I I lean on someone like Kelly to give me like the details of like is this actually technically a good ink or not? <laughs> so it's uh it's I've found this weird. I'm in a weird place with inks again because now I want to try them all, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a year and a half ago. I if I never saw a new bottle of ink again, I would have been fine. Like I was really like upset at the ink market i was like stop you're crushing me i don't know what to do (laughs) and now i'm like can i try them all like it's a weird place to be but i do have i am going to continue to like experiment with inks right i am trying some of the new brands like uh i put i listed a couple that i've just gotten i either have in or have on the way like standard bindery um they're a stationery shop in Australia, and now their inks are available at Van S. Pens. So I got a couple of those bottles in to try. Venta inks, which came out last year, and I found super interesting, but I never really explored them. 
So I'm kind of digging into them a little bit. I still like every sailor formulation that's out there, whatever they're making it with Bung Box or Kobe or wherever, whatever specific stores they're making in. I still like those inks. So the one thing I have realized is I really don't want ink samples. So no one should get an idea of say, hey, let me send all my Brad, my favorite inks in a bunch of three millimeter vials. I will lose my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will buy bottles, meter them out over the time, you know, not get too many at one time. I'll, you know, and a bunch of these are going to other people to review, but I'm kind of back oddly on the fountain pen ink bandwagon. And the biggest takeaway is I don't know why like what has changed that made me do this because the ink market's only exploded more when I was shunning it oh you know a couple years ago it's only bigger now and now I want to dive back in I find that a little bit interesting and I don't know if it's because like these weird times that we're in am I thinking about like the products I have differently Am I thinking about not spending as much on a pen, but I can get enjoyment from a more a less expensive product like an ink or a paper or pencils, you know, things like that. Mm. So I don't know if this is my new escape type of thing that just kind of happened based on the world that we're currently living in, or if it's just like a product thing as a stationary blogger that I have found renewed interest in. I don't know. I thought it was interesting enough to talk about because I've had like a complete 180 turnaround um, just in a short period of time, really like about a year, year and a half of wanting to try all the inks. And I don't know. I just wanted to say that out loud because I don't have the answers, but I'm enjoying it. I'll enjoy any new stationery I get to use. But um, yeah, that I'm, I'm into inks again, Mike, and I'm going to keep, keep reviewing them, keep talking about them keep trying some new stuff maybe keep maybe the year of experimentation never ended um which themes don't necessarily ever have to have an end date right mike you want and and also as well like we've never really had a year where the world has imposed so heavily on everyone (laughs) like my year theme i mean i have i need i'm thinking about it now like the theme is still the same, but I'm actually not able to achieve what I wanted to from it, but it's not for any fault of my own, which is not normal. Um, usually right. if I don't achieve, it's because of me, uh, but that's not the case now. So it's just a different, we're in, we're in, we're in uh, different times. Yeah. Have you found yourself latching onto anything that you maybe either weren't into before or have were into before but have taken it to like a different level type of thing because i've always loved fountain pennings obviously but now i feel like i'm like i'm in this state of like want to take it to a different level do you i mean it could be digital it could be analog do you have anything that you've you've seen animal crossing (laughs) i I laugh but that's not a joke right like The, the new animal crossing game is like for both me and adina it's like a massive massively important thing in our lives right now mm-hmm. like it is providing uh more structure because the game runs in real time so there are things that you want to do at certain times of the day uh it is providing us with something like a new shared thing to talk about uh mm-hmm. it's a new like little hobby it's a lovely little escape like serious like animal crossing new hope no, sorry, New Horizons. <laughs> New Hope. That's, <laughs> woo, that's a Freudian slip. That's, that's correct. the movie. The movie um, coming. But it, it really is like, and, and this isn't a unique thing. Like, everyone is posting about this on social media right now because everyone's playing. And, like, this is going to be probably, an, it may end up being Nintendo's best selling game of all time. It is mm-hmm. already, I think, the, close to, if not the fastest selling Switch game of all time. It's helping Nintendo in Japan, especially. They have broken all records for Switch sales over a weekend period. They yeah. beat their launch weekend. Right? Wow. So, like, yeah, it's definitely caused a shortage. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, the world that we're living in, where people are, are staying in and, and have need have time to fill but still i think it's it's partly this game right it is this game right like this is the only kind of new big thing out on the switch right like that's Mm -hmm. making people want to buy switches um and it's just an absolute joy and i love it Mm -hmm. 
And it came yeah. at the perfect time. It is the perfect game for the perfect time right now. Right, right. And I think we'll probably be hearing about it for quite some time. And yes. we'll be telling stories about Animal Crossing during this time, you know, to, you know, five years from now when for we a lot of all people, get through this. It is going to be like this game will be like a touchstone moment. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's a video game podcast that I enjoy called The Besties. Um, mm-hmm. And it's part hosted by the McElroy brothers. And they were saying on on the the most recent episode, which I completely agreed with, like this may end up being one of the most important video games of all time because of the cultural and societal situation that surrounds it. Like Mm -hmm. it is a necessary game for a lot of people to help them with some escapism. Mm -hmm. And we haven't needed that ever the way that we do now as as an overall society. You know, there are obviously pockets of like, you know, someone can say like, this game came to me at a time that I really needed it in my life, you know, like, and it's important to me because of that, you know, and like everyone has those stories, but this is a shared one, which is not, it just hasn't happened before. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I'm enjoying it. I'm playing it too. I luckily picked up a Switch uh, like, you know, a few weeks ago before they went crazy which i didn't think they would do um and i've been playing it on stream i made i had a sunday stream uh last week mm-hmm. um where you know just people came over and hung out on the hung out on the island namiki island mike and oh uh, yeah nice. we just had a we just had a good time so uh we'll have to get you in there sometime so uh yeah it's been fun so i yeah, i would I'm, like to I'm do really that actually it. like to join a stream and to come hang out on your island we go to my island we should work yep. that out i would really want to do that some maybe some weekend or something yep all right should we hit some ass tpa yeah to, man. to round out this week we have mm-hmm. a, we have a few a few to get to and um i think now's the time to build up the ass tpa coffers once again so Use the hashtag AskTPA on Twitter, um, at Dowdyism, and we'll, we have the magic uh, working behind the scenes to collect all the questions, put them in a spreadsheet for us, and now would be a great time to uh, get in there with all of your questions. So this first one today, what do we have, Mike? So the first one comes from Kate. And Kate wants to know, I have beautiful Lamy Safari dark lilac with a medium nib, but I would like to try a fine nib. How do I, A, get one, and B, fit it into the pen? Is this something I can do myself? So let me take it from the last part there. You can absolutely do it yourself. This is one of the easier nib swaps you yep. can do yep. um, with Lamy. They just slide off the front. Um, you'll find a video online where you use a piece of scotch tape put that on your nib and it just literally slides off. It's like notched and the little prongs go around the back of the feed and it slides on and off. So finding it's going to be the bigger challenge. Lamy offers loose nibs for sale, but they have been through random loose nib shortages off and on for years. So they make them available at Lamy authorized dealers so you'll have to find one. Um, you can order them online. You can find loose Lamy nibs. I'll try to see if I can find some direct links. Not every store carries them, and the ones that carry them may not have the nib size that you want, in this case a fine nib, in stock because of weird Lamy production cycles <laughs> with their nibs. So it can definitely be done. It's extraordinarily easy it took me forever to realize this with Lamy, how easy it was to change their nibs. And now I just do it all the time. It's a very, very cool thing to do, especially for someone like myself who loves the Safari and likes to play around with different nibs. So you can totally do this. If you were struggling to find nibs and you didn't mind having a second Safari, you could just Mm -hmm. buy another one in the nib size that you want, maybe in a different color and just do a nib transplant from one to the other. Yeah. Or like I, like I'll buy a bunch of like Caveco is a good example for me. I'll buy a Caveco. I'll buy all kinds of Caveco bodies and I might have six say that I like to use frequently, but I might have one or two nibs that I swap between like the six pens, which is a little extreme, but that's one way I do it. So yeah, it's very, very easy to do. And they're very inexpensive to buy Lamy steel nibs like under, like it should be a single digit number, most likely like a seven seven eight dollars something like that yeah they're they're cheap but they're just not easy to come by 
they're not easy to come by. You can find yeah. them, like stores carry them, but it's it's the inventory that they've been allowed is is your biggest struggle right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question comes from Emil. This is a longer one. Uh, as an old punk, my default jacket is a bomber jacket. I love bomber yeah. jacket. As you might know, it has two pen slots on the pocket sleeve. I stuck a Caveco Sport in one of these slots just to ensure that whenever wherever I go, I'll always have a pen on me. Pretty smart, right? But lately, I noticed that the micro-movement of fabric managed to unscrew the cap. Surprisingly, seeing it two turns, uh, seeing it's two turns, but it happened. Not a major issue, but it can be irritating because you can get dry outs or risk leaking, that kind of thing. So I wondered... What's the sim- what is a similarly sized pen with a more friction fit cap? Clip would help to keeping it in place. This is such a good question. It's very detailed. It's very specific. It's right up my alley, and I don't have a great answer. Right. So, like some of the mini pens. So something like um, like the tactile turn. I think they make a short pen. Um, Ti Two Designs makes a short pen that you know both of them are like metal can you know withstand you know the the edc type carry but they're not going to be the easiest to acquire so i was trying to think of what's a more mainstream type of product for this and like i don't totally know what that answer is like you can get some mini pens like mini gel pens but they're all knock base and i don't think you want like a knock base if it's going to be in your jacket i was thinking maybe a fisher space pen could do yeah the fisher space pens are do are are good they don't have a clip on the capped models but i haven't had clips though you can add clips yeah Yeah. and i haven't had with the fisher space pens the twisting of the caps that kaveco's get like i know exactly what emil's talking about because i have i think two different kaveco's that have this problem where the cap will just twist on its own metal on metal is a challenge right so that doesn't keep the seal is tight in the threading as you know plastics and acrylics you know they tend to lock in a little bit more the metals tend to you know with the vibrations come loose um so yeah if anyone has any other suggestions i I would love to hear them i don't know that i have a brilliant one um maybe the the pilot uh mike's favorite pilot timeless is that the one or ageless that you hate the name uh Um, ageless i don't like timeless is good (laughs) ageless is ridiculous They are a twist mechanism, so it won't come undone. They're a little bit more accessible than some of the other ones I mentioned earlier. I think it's a wonderful pen design, um, and that might be a good option. I think they're really, really cool. They do have proprietary refills, though, so it depends on how well you like the... Uh, that's a, also a, a, you know, a ballpoint, not like a fountain pen, like a sport. So like the finding a mini fountain pen... Um, you know, the Twisby Minis would work pretty well i always like the twisby mini as an option um, they're shorter and the vac mini is pretty cool holds a lot of ink those caps tend to stay on pretty well so maybe that's my answer maybe it's the twisby minis either the regular mini or the vac mini that might be the that might be the answer mike i might have gotten there debbie b handmade asks i'm just getting started with fountain pens and only using cartridges so far with converters do you have to fill it all the way up or can you just put in a little link at a time when you say you're inking up a pen do you typically fill it up completely can i tell you how much i love this question mike yes i never thought of this before i do this all the time i don't have to have a full converter this goes back to this ink deal this diatribe that I went in earlier about fountain pen inks, you don't have to fill up the converter all the way. You can half fill it if you want to test out an ink. You can quarter fill it. You can do whatever you want. Um, it's a, Sometimes you might have a little bit harder time starting the pen, getting it right away. Um, uh, writing right away, right? If you just use like a quarter, you have a little bit more air. There's not that pressure to get the ink necessarily flowing immediately down the nib, but it'll eventually come um, out there. You can just fill a little bit and that is okay, especially if you want to test things out. And then if you like it, fill it up all the way, go to town. But yeah, you don't have to do that. So that's a great question. You can just put in a little bit. And yeah. I'd say I half fill more converters than I full fill because I want to change inks frequently, right? I don't have one pen with my ink, 
right? I'm in a position where I have lots of pens, lots of inks, and I want to use as many as I can. I'm I'm the half fill master, Mike. Yeah, I'm not so much. I tend to do more pairings, right? So an A pen will get an ink in it, and it's unlikely that I will change my mind. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to be like one at a time. Yep, yep. And Patrick asks, if I love the springy feeling of my Pelican M600 fine nib, what pen should I try next? Uh, I do have a custom 823 medium that has a nice amount of spring. I don't know a more springy nib than Pelican nibs, especially the larger you go. The only one I really think consider, like, and I'd say it's even borderline, like the Platinum 3776 nibs, when you get into medium and above tip sizes, medium and broad, they have a little bit of spring. They have more than the custom 823, in my opinion, which Patrick is, say, is saying he also has. Um, I, I think the Pelicans are the most springy, like gold nibs. Like something like Aurora is not springy at all to me, you know, for a gold nib. I guess some of the larger sized Sailor and Pilot nibs, but that, I think that's what you're finding, Patrick, is once you start getting to a larger nib size. You're going to have more of a springy feeling. One, they're using a softer gold. A lot of times they're using 21 karat gold instead of 14. So it's softer inherently. And then when you have a larger platform, if you will, to you just have that bigger nib, you have a longer tine. It's just going to naturally give you more of that springy feeling. Mm. So I think that's what you're seeing. So I don't know that if I can necessarily specify what brand but if you start looking at your larger nib sizes and a softer gold material like a 21 carat as opposed to a 18 or 14 you're gonna see you're gonna get that springy feeling so it could be you know in a variety of pins all right that wraps it up for this episode please send in your ask tpa questions for future shows you can send out a tweet with the hashtag ask tpa and it may be included for a future episode if you have something that's a little bit longer than tweet length you can send them via email to brad at hello at penaddict.com right good job by you yes yeah brad streams live on twitch tuesdays thursdays 10 a.m eastern now is the perfect time to catch one of those streams if you haven't already Lots of new people. Come join us. Good, good. Yeah, you get to fill up that time, and what better way to spend that time? Uh, again, if you, we only have a couple of days left on our Kickstarter campaign, so go to our show notes at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 404, and you can find a link to the Kickstarter campaign there. So you can come back, you get your awesome rewards. We're going to make those tip-top and great. You can find Brad online at penaddict.com, knock.co, he is also at SpokeDesign.com. <laughs> All the things, Mike. You're doing a great job today. Thank you. Pen Addict on Instagram. Dowdyism on Twitter. I am iMike. I am YKE. Thanks so much to Uni for the support of this show. And as always, thank you for listening. Wash your hands. Stay inside. We'll speak to you next week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.